today on the Friday Fix. The extension of the energy price guarantee, £2,500 cap, that will help households and he can tell that story. This is a giveaway that actually doesn't cost him that much money because of the big fall in the cost of energy. The economy isn't quite as performing as badly as the OBR thought last November. Welcome to the Friday Fix, Powers Court's weekly podcast. I'm Mark Leffley, Head of Public Affairs at Powers Court, and I'm joined today by my colleague Russ Lynch, who was previously Economics Editor at the Daily Telegraph. We're going to have a little look ahead this week to the Spring Budget, which takes place on Wednesday, presented by Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. Russ, what's your take on what's going to happen? There's a political problem for the Chancellor, in my view. Perhaps you can give your tuppence worth on it later. He's got two audiences. He's got the public, but he's also got his own Conservative backbenchers clamouring for tax cuts in the pages of the Daily Mail and other titles like that. He's got to balance those competing interests. Some good news on the economy and some bad news on the economy. So what he's got to do is try to sort of make the good news not good enough to encourage a load of fresh demands to cut tax while also playing up a few of the structural challenges that the economy has to address. So when you're talking about good news, you're talking about the 30 billion windfall, I guess, in public finances for higher tax receipts. It's funny, isn't it? When you're on course to borrow 177 billion this year, and then suddenly you're only borrowing 147 billion, that is somehow a windfall, which always struck me as a sort of, therefore we should spend the windfall on tax cuts. Well, he doesn't necessarily want to, does he? No, exactly. And probably quite rightly so. I mean, I suspect that we will be hearing a lot of messages from Hunt. He will be reminding us subtly or not so subtly about the chaos of last autumn and the dangers of tax cuts funded by borrowing. It's interesting you mention that, of course, because Jeremy Hunt was brought in as Chancellor by Liz Truss after the disaster of her first Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, when the markets collapsed as his effective tax-cutting measures, including the 45p rate going down to 40 for £150,000 of earnings onwards. But Hunt came in, not really the Chancellor she wanted in any way, shape or form, but his whole reputation is there as a serious small C as well as big C Conservative Chancellor. Yes. It's very difficult for him to actually do any tax giveaways. I think he can, but he's pegged in a bit by the situation. The extension of the energy price guarantee, the £2,500 cap, that will help households and he can tell that story. This is a giveaway that actually doesn't cost him that much money because of the big fall in the cost of energy. And when we look to that £30 windfall, a lot of that is down to the fall in wholesale gas price. He's also been helped by a slight tailing off in longer term interest rate expectations which brings down the forecast for debt interest which gives him more money to give away and the economy isn't quite as performing as badly as the OBR thought last November. The final interesting one is why he's also got a little bit more room for manoeuvre is because the economy is more tax rich in economic terms which is something obviously Hunt's backbenchers won't like. But you've got thresholds that were introduced, which are now due to stay in place until, I think, 2028. The freezing of income tax thresholds. Also, you mentioned the, the reduction of the lower rate. We actually generate more tax now. I mean, that's not a particularly comfortable place for a Conservative Chancellor to be. You have a situation where, when the economy doesn't perform as badly as everyone expects, suddenly the revenues start pouring in. I mean, you look at the January public finance figures, and everyone was predicting an 8 billion deficit, suddenly we have 5.5 billion surplus. 
It's interesting you mentioned the politics of it all. I, I don't think he's in such a bind, actually. You've got a chancellor who was brought in specifically to save the economy, which mm. you'd argue he did. So we know what the rationale is for everything he does from here on in. So that mm. that's okay. Sort of follows everything that Sunak was saying last year. But events the last few weeks show that he's finally a prime minister in charge. Got Northern Ireland through, give or take. Maybe that will have problems soon. But at this moment in time, it looks like he's got a deal through, which no one thought he could get, but everyone else has struggled. He's appeased the right of his party anyway with his new small boats policy. Quite a right-wing policy, so it does really kind of appease them. And then everything else in terms of the economics is people feel denuded. They feel like there was a failure with the trust policies, even if they didn't get a chance to get enacted. They almost have to take their time. You've only had a few months. So we've heard about a conservative research group who are going mm. in and saying we want all these tax-cutting measures. He's, he's been around for a long time. You've got John Redwood as the person leading that. I mean, this is a name from the 90s, really. <laughs> I mean, he's one of the, he is a genuine Tory grandee in the sense he's one of the longest serving that for quite a long time. But the fact that he's leading the charge shows you that there's not a lot of economic or political credibility on that side at this moment in time. He can almost afford the hit of putting that forward. But it doesn't mean that they're going to have the attacks will be particularly successful. The increase in corporation tax from 19p to 25p, there actually isn't any obvious real rebellion against it. There's a lot of talk in the papers about it, but when I've been speaking to Conservative MPs and peers in the last four to five weeks, it's not really been one of the main issues that have come up. I think Northern Ireland, to be honest, has been the main one. Mm. So I just wonder if he actually doesn't have any problems with them now, maybe later in the year at the next sort of big fiscal event. Maybe, yeah. I suppose at some point he is going to um, get criticism. Once you've stepped the ship, then it, it's the classic call, let's go back to making us what some parts of the Tory party perceive as the Tory party. I mean, the Tory party is, as you more than well aware, a number of different entities. And it's interesting, I don't know if you saw the YouGov poll this week, um, talking about how the Tories are now neck and neck with Labour on running of the, of the economy, which is an interesting moment. And obviously that always dictates, well, it can dictate electoral fortunes in the eyes of, in the, eyes of the public. He needs to he needs to show a bit of vision as well and just say look he, and, and perhaps plot a route to tax cuts without actually implementing everything that parts of his party would like. They're coming up to general election a year or so away from now, probably May, maybe October next year. What they want is their seats to hold on to their livelihoods. A lot of the people there, I mean, there's a lot of people standing down, but a lot who aren't. Sometimes they sacrifice a little bit of principle in order to do that. So do all parties, to be fair. A Tories just probably a little bit better at it. What people want at the moment, as much as anything else, is economic stability. Yes. They can see that that's actually a driver of the cost of living crisis rather than a complete fix right this second. So actually they've got that in their back pocket as well. And I think that's what's driving the polls on a lot of this. It just feels more stable. Even it feels like there's less chaos. Mm. And we always know that the Labour lead is shallow. Because mm. we know how... Um, under the Corbyn years or the second general election under Corbyn, they lost a lot of their strong second places, a lot of the marginals went. Mm. So actually the way they're looking at the moment, I'm not saying the Conservatives can win the next general election, it's still highly unlikely, but they're going to be competitive in a way that we probably didn't think six months ago. I have the same instincts on that one. And the interesting thing will be whether Labour actually seals the deal. You know, I mean, you go back, we show our age, you go back to 97, you think about Tony Blair's pledge cards and all the rest of it and the five pledges. I used to be able to reel them off, but I can't anymore. He had, a, he had an offer 
silly electorate. I don't really grasp Starmer's key offer apart from not being the Tories at the moment. Well, the five pledges were, of course, very specific. They were like windfall yes. and things like that. Whereas the five missions... Windfall uh, tax on utilities, that was one. Yeah. I remember. Um, and the five that Starmer has come up with are a little bit vaguer. Yeah. Which you know, might be a useful place to see election when you come up with something specific. But at the moment, it won't cut through with the electorate. No. Um, also, there was a big advantage in the 90s with... Tony Blair, of course, because he came to prominence really about the Home Office, or Shadow Home Office, and people forget that. Tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime. Mm. Um, Starmer's not really had that same opportunity. I mean, Starmer is best known for reintroducing ideas of humble addresses to get information out of government. It's a brilliant uh, political Can't tactic, imagine that one. doesn't uh, through, no. Uh, not, 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 not the, the, the topic of discussion in the dog and duck, that one. No, no it's, it's, it's Starmer's humble addresses. There you go. I'd be interested in what you think, because obviously... Hunt will be keeping his powder dry this budget. I mean, you know, I'd say there there are things that the Tories would rather talk about, I think, rather than the economy, like Northern Ireland, for example. Amazing when you figure out yeah. they'd rather talk about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, how strongly do you see reform coming into that mix? I mean, isn't isn't there some stat that basically if, if reform take, I don't know, 5% of the vote in a certain number of seats, the Tories are doomed anyway? Well, it's interesting. I don't think we've got anything to badge reform against. It doesn't really... I mean, Richard Tice's name is hardly Nigel Farage. Mm. Um, the name of the party isn't probably quite as clear-cut as Brexit party was. But it's, they do poll quite well. And they have certainly had more cut through than I would have expected. So, I, 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 as things stand, I'd have to be honest, I'm not sure. Mm. But um, I don't see them as a major factor at this second. Just on this budget... I see this as almost like a place marking budget. A sort of it's it's not one of those budgets that people are gonna talk about. Yeah, it's not gonna be it's not eighty one or ninety ninety seven or the, you know, two thousand and ten austerity budget. This is this is basically marking time, building foundations and hopefully setting a platform from which you can have a crack at limiting the damage at the next general election and And that was why he was brought in as Prime Minister. Um, so if that's what he achieves, then a lot of Tory backbenchers, the ones who decided to stay on, obviously this week we've uh, had news that Graham Brady, one of the most powerful and influential yes. Tory MPs, basically the head of the backbenchers is leaving. Um, the, the ones who stay um, definitely want to back Rishi, I think, and that's why I don't think this budget is going to be particularly uh, controversial, and I don't think many of the Conservatives are going to particularly kick off, even if in their hearts they disagree. Well, we shall have to wait and see for any rabbits out of the hat. Well, it's been a pleasure this week, Russ. So thanks um, for talking about uh, the budget today and thanks to our listeners. And we'll speak again next week.